Opinions Only, episode 11, with your host, Justin and Kayla. And this week, we'll be diving into travel. That's right. The thing we couldn't do for an entire year plus. Yes, and we have uh, notoriously had some some great road trips amongst ourselves, and I've got a bit of the travel bug over the last few years, so it should be a fun topic today. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, who doesn't love to go places? Well, actually me usually, but <laughs> that's only local. Otherwise, I enjoy traveling, and I think we got some exciting things to talk about today. So speaking of travel bug, I mean, when did you first start traveling? Did you travel as a kid? No, I didn't really go anywhere as a kid at all. I've still never been to Disney World or Land or any of those places. Same. But once I started um, dating my now wife, Chitlin, we started traveling a lot more. Um, you know, started off with a little uh, little hop over the border for Canada right before a Bills game. Classic. Yep. I like to start off going really far places. Then uh, we went to Italy where we got where I proposed to her. Then Hawaii, Greece for the honeymoon. Hong Kong. Hold on, I'm just checking my map. I'm just I'm just drawing lines on a really elaborate map here. Yep. Yeah, so once I kind of went to Italy the first time abroad, it was very nerve-wracking, but it was so much fun and so much culture that I was just like, we need to get as many trips in as we possibly can. And then the pandemic obviously hit, which faulted yes. at least one, maybe two trips that we had planned over the last year and a half. Yeah, I think, you know, everything was at a standstill. So we barely wanted to travel to the grocery store, let alone anywhere else. I mean, I also didn't go on vacations really as a kid. Um, this is super nerdy, but I feel like books made me feel like I was well-traveled Nerd as alert. a kid. Because I would just read a lot. Um, but honestly, my first real vacation, I would probably say was with you when we were 20. And we took our first road trip. That was my first time really, like, intentionally going a place because, you know, I wanted to. Was that Chicago? Yeah, that would be yeah. Chicago when we were 20. And Mere I had to young do all the babes. <laughs> I had to do all the driving, that one? Yes, that yeah. time you had to drive uh, the entire time because I did not have my license at the time. <laughs> so props to you. Um, now, driving for many years, I realized that that probably sucked. But you did it. Yeah. And Honestly, you actually added to your time driving, so you must it must not have been too bad at the time. I feel like dra- driving long lengths of time at that time was way easier than doing it now, right? Don't you feel like there's a difference? Well, yeah, now I'm you know, over 30, so I wake up and have a different small ailment where it probably hurts to be in a car that long. Back when you're 20, it's like, eh, whatever, I can sit here and drive 18 hours. Oh, yeah, you'd be in rickety vehicles, and now it's like my back, and it's only like a 30-minute 30, 30 drive to work. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say 30 hours is a bit excessive. But. Yeah, no, couldn't do that. So... Favorite places to travel? I mean, you listed quite a few. Anyone's particularly stand out? Um, besides all of them. Uh, yeah, besides all of them. Besides all of them. It's tough because Italy was just absolutely amazing. Uh, my wife and I went to Milan, Florence, Ravenna, and Venice. And as I mentioned, we got uh, got engaged in Florence. Um, and then from there, we went over to Ravenna and Venice, and it was absolutely gorgeous. There's just a ton to do. Uh, just so many just museums and historical things. And we had a couple private tours where they kind of walked us around the cities, which were awesome. So that probably is towards the top of my list. Greece for our honeymoon was unbelievable as well, mm-hmm. but that was, for the most part, much more of a relaxing 
Right, vacation. right. You're probably nerves a little bit in Italy, knowing what you're gonna do. Yeah, I was a little nervous in Italy. Um, we learned a lot, like went to a ton of different places, but we also had the relaxation parts where we had the nice hotel rooms with the hot tubs overlooking the city. Um, Greece was a lot of that. Like in Crete, mm-hmm. which is the first place we went to to in Greece, we had an an awesome resort where our room opened up to a private pool that overlooked the Aegean Sea. Like, just gorgeous. And then Santorini, we had a big old tub that had huge windows that looked out over the sea as well. And the tub was in the floor of the room, which was awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Mykonos was an awesome little boutique hotel that had a huge pool with one of those swim-up bars that overlooked the whole island. Very water-friendly, these Greece. Really, really. I mean, there's so many different islands that are all gorgeous there. And we actually went through a travel agent for that. Mm -hmm. So that was less stressful because everything was figured out. So it's like, okay, all we know is we got to get in this car to go here. We got to get in this ferry to go here. We had the travel agent book like a nice restaurant for us in each location the first Mm -hmm. night. So we can kind of get our bearings. And then from then on, we just kind of like walked around and figured stuff out. Um, but those are the two favorite. Hong Kong was super interesting, but I didn't get to experience it with like a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mostly me there with my MBA um, classmates. And I had a couple good friends that I uh, kind of made there or had before I went. But I was so overwhelmed the first day or two in Hong Kong, like new language. I didn't know what was going on. Like my wife was so nice. She like booked me a a little like ticket to go on one of those little bus cruise okay, things yeah. and so you go around and like go on the bus tour to kind of get a, a feeling of what's around here which really helped me just get more comfortable with the surroundings mm-hmm. and then from then on it was it was just an awesome experience once my friends got into town and we got to go around but it'd be much better to kind of share that with a loved one or a really good friend like you that's true i mean Like you said, there's a lot of favorite places I've traveled to, and I feel like the stages of your lives is also, like, an interesting time, like the nostalgia sometimes of your first one. Um, A lot of my places I've been to have been in the States, but, you know, I got to call back to Chicago as having a special place in my heart. Um, You know, it was our first road trip. It was far away. We were such newbies at traveling. I remember calling hotels at your mom's house. (laughs) Like, we had no clue what we were doing. We were nervous, but we were just kind of, like, excited about it. I had that dorky map. That was like a pop-up map that I was (laughs) going around the city with. You made fun of me, but it came in so clutch. So many times going in the city, even though I did get lost on my way from Panera. And I think the the thing is, like, when, or for me anyway, when I'm traveling first, I very much try to not be super touristy, right? I try to kind of do my own thing, be like, let me try to blend in and figure out what other people are doing, which is impossible in most areas, especially when you're new at traveling, like we were in Chicago, where it's like, all right, I'm glad I had Kayla with me, where she's like, I'm not afraid. I'm going to ask somebody a damn question about where we're going. I'm going to pull out the map, screw it, which was huge because I was very much like, eh, we'll figure it out, hopefully, which doesn't always work out well. I feel like it's good to have a blend because, like, I'm not afraid to ask questions because I don't want to get lost in a place I do not know. But I'm also like you. Like, I walk with purpose. I don't, like, want to selfie every corner and jump out. I don't tell people where I'm from. I mean, whenever I travel with my friend Kat, she's the exact opposite. She's like, here's my address. <laughs> I'm completely new here. Uh, she'll, she'll take a photo every three steps. I 
I'm terrified every time. I'm like, we could not stick out more often. I make fun of her all the time for it. Like, I don't know. And we just, you have to be open to the chaos of it at the same time. I mean, remember I lost my phone in the cab? Oh, yeah. Uh, We somehow got that back. (laughs) We somehow got it back. Uh, All the restaurants you wanted to go to were closed (laughs) and abandoned. Um, The person on the train thought I was from Chicago, and I felt like hot shit the whole rest of the day. That was great. I remember that because the guy on the train, we were going to a Cubs game. And was just like, huh, look at all these damn tourists over here. And you're like, yeah, these guys. Yeah, and I was just like, you could not wipe the grit off my face. So <laughs> that one, just because we were, it was it was our first time really like planning a trip by ourselves. And uh, it worked out. We survived. Yeah, I'd, I'd say of our road trips, that was definitely a lot of fun. I think our Tennessee trip was oh my the goodness. most well-rounded. We did so many things. We got to see Graceland. We went to Memphis and Nashville. There was a shooting on Beale Street. Yeah, uh, so we old- went to that cool dueling piano bar on Beale Street, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I wish we had yeah. something like that here. Yeah, that was awesome. The only downside was we ran out of money at the end. <laughs> we did. We dined like kings and queens uh, and then could only afford Domino's for dinner towards the end of our list. Um, yeah, we almost got heat stroke at the zoo. Um, I accomplished my dream of going to Coyote Ugly, and it was the most depressing bar I've ever been to. Well, we went to it on like a Tuesday (laughs) afternoon, Okay, it was a Tuesday afternoon, but I also feel like probably the 90s were the best time to go to Coyote Ugly when they opened up. (laughs) I feel like now probably is not the best time. It was kind of sad, but we went. So that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, we checked it off the the list. It just... We weren't there very long, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. So if you listen to our earlier episodes, we talked about kind of where we wanted to road trip next. But what do you think are some etiquette tips, I guess? What are some do's and don'ts of road tripping? Well, number one, um, you have to go with somebody you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why we have a good dynamic. We're not afraid to call each other out on things. Mm -hmm. But we also both like to kind of plan different adventures or excursions which may be frustrating at first, but really they blend well, so you're not just doing the same thing the whole trip. Yes. So I think that's kind of like right off the bat, make sure you are going with somebody you're comfortable with, you're not gonna get pissed because they do something stupid, like it happens. You just have to be able to have an open dialogue when you're road tripping with somebody. A hundred percent, because you are gonna be in a car with someone for probably an extensive amount of time. And while you may get along with someone for a couple hours, at each other's house, it's a different ball game when you're stuck in a vehicle yeah. on a long drive. So definitely have to be careful who you're picking with. Uh, yeah, I think uh, part of that too with quote unquote etiquette is when you do have a long drive and you're doing it late at night, because one of the things we typically do to get a head start is we leave mm-hmm. later in the day so we can drive through the night. During that time, if you're not the one driving, try to stay up for the driver because otherwise <laughs> that kind of ruins the doesn't ruin the experience. But everybody gets tired and it's tough to keep your eyes on the road and straight. So always try to be the good uh, passenger. A hundred percent. I mean, unless you're going somewhere that like you have to take shifts, like you're going to go, I'm going to sleep and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If it's one long drive you're doing, stay awake and make sure you have good music. Like the right playlist goes far. So, and it, it changes. Sometimes you need upbeat at night because you're trying to stay awake and then you need mellow as you're going through like maybe the less busier parts of the drive. So you got to have the tunes. Yeah, and uh, another reason we're great together is we get the same kind of vibe or we're pretty good with the, yes. the music blending in the car. And when uh, it reminds me of that episode of How I Met Your Mother where they're driving 
the old, uh, I think they're going from New York to Chicago, right? And they're just like, I'm sick of this song, sick of the song. And then three hours later, they're jamming out again. Exactly. And much yeah. like How I Met Your Mother, you got to make sure you're going with someone that doesn't have to go to the bathroom any million times because much like Lily Aldrin from How I Met Your Mother, it, it can be a bit of a buzzkill when you need to stop the car every 10 miles. So I we're am, pretty good. We have armored bladders. Yeah. So we I, I don't recall we've really ever had that problem. Like it was like, Basically, halfway stops, we would stop anyways to stretch. So Yeah, I tried to avoid stopping to go to the bathroom at all. Yes. It's, we are stopping to get gas. When we're getting gas, you can go to the bathroom. Otherwise, figure it out. A hundred percent. So, I mean, those little things, they matter. Uh, we talked about who you should travel with. Be careful, people. And... I got to ask you, do you think it's important to travel with your significant other? You know, they say sometimes that's a, <laughs> that can be a deterrent. Like, should I stay with this person? Can we go places together? I think, yes. If that's going to be something you do in your relationship, doing mm-hmm. that early on to make sure you guys can handle each other in those stressful environments, especially if it if it is an international travel. Like when Chitlin and I went to Italy it was overwhelming for me because I never traveled internationally. So she was kind of a nice buffer to be there, be like, okay, I've done some of this before. I have a little bit of experience. I can help you through it. But also, it's such a stressful situation, especially when they lose our bags and they're not uh, on time for us and I'm trying to propose and we don't have any clothes. (laughs) I was freaking out. So she was able to kind of calm me down, like, all right, we'll figure it out. Not the end of the world. And you can kind of go from there but if you are with somebody who's going to freak out just as much as you guess what that whole day is a you know damper over that it's going to ruin the day possibly that location or the whole trip if you just can't get out of your head to have a good time that's true and i think that helps by having someone who's the opposite of you in that way yeah because otherwise you're right two panickers aren't going to (laughs) work all right how about some quick questions what do you prefer driving or flying i pretty much hate flying because I'm tall and I can't fit into any of the, mm-hmm. the seats really. Um, if I can get like an economy plus or a, um, yeah. a first class, I'd be fine flying. I still love the road trips. Like road yep. trips are just so much fun. You get the snacks, you get the music, you get good friends and you just have a good time. So I'd say I prefer driving, but a lot of the places I want to go require flight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes to that. Same. All right. Hotel or B&B, but I wrote Airbnb too. So, you know, something off the call for traditional hotel. Yeah, I'd say um, hotel over B&B definitely because you have a little bit more freedom. You're not kind of beholden to somebody else's home and when they're doing things. Airbnb, I think, is the way to go, though. If you can spring it, you can afford it. If you have a good group of people, you kind of get a bigger space. You're all in one location. If you're just going with two people like me and you, hotel, perfect. If you have a bigger group, it's tough when you're kind of spread out over two, three, four rooms. So an Airbnb would be ideal in that scenario. What about you? I mean, hashtag best friends, 100%. If it's like two people, if you're getting a group, Airbnb is just seems more nowadays cost effective. Mm-hmm. You get some really cool spots, especially if you're going to be spending some time there and not just outside of it. So mm-hmm. 100% that's the way to go. All right. Big cities or rest and relaxation. Um, this is uh, kind of a tough one for me to answer because I love the rest and relaxation, but I cannot just do that. I cannot just sit on a beach and read a book and enjoy the pool. I need to have some type of activities, whether that's a hike, whether that's going to some museums. I try to get kind of the touristy big stuff in like pretty much in one day, like the beginning of the trip, mm-hmm. let's get that all out. 
I'm more comfortable with my surroundings. Now I can kind of lounge around, do what I want, occasionally just walk the streets right, to right. find something. Um, uh, but if I had to pick between the yeah. two, I would say rest and relaxation on yeah. vacation. What about you? So if you had asked me two years ago, I would have said big cities 100%. Mm-hmm. Because to me, traveling, I think because I hadn't traveled a lot as a kid, I want to kind of get everything in together. So to me, it was big cities, and it was something at, on the hour, every hour. Now, you know, some room for breaks, but I'd say more heavily, like, I want to be here, here, and here today. Um, but then I went to Florida on <laughs> a week on a at a resort for work. And you know me. I uh, I dress for winter all four seasons. I do not get sunlight. It does not reach me. It just bounces <laughs> off of me when it hits my skin. And so Florida was somewhere that I was like, oh, great. I'm not looking forward to this. But I finished the whole book. I sat by the pool. I drank banana daiquiris. <laughs> I felt better just and I'm sort of like, I can't think of anything more boring than sitting on a beach, like, laying there all day. Like, I want to be doing things. But I found my Florida. And you know what? I don't hate it. And I'm overdue for it. So, you know, I'm into I'm into the R&R, especially because all the craziness in your day-to-day, I think it's nice just to relax. So, I'm on team R&R. And I think that's a good point where it kind of shifts depending on what stage in life you are because it's like all right i want to hit all this cool stuff and then when you get older when you get more experience you've gone to more places it's like all right let me just chill and yeah relax. you need to like catch up and take a power nap in yeah. between things you know i love those memes that are like i i people on vacation are like oh i'm going hiking it's like damn when i go on vacation i just lay in a different spot all day like that's <laughs> yes, what i do a hundred percent all right so touristy spots are off the cuff yeah, uh, I kind of touched on this on the last one, but uh, I try to kind of go off the cuff as much as possible and plan in the touristy stuff all kind of at once. So I can hit mm-hmm. it, look like a tourist for half a day or one day or whatever, then I'm done, and then I'm going to try to not be a local, but just blend in and go with the flow. Yeah, I'm more touristy, but I see the value in off the cuff, like those experiences where you stop at a random cafe or you maybe decide to abandon a plan you had to go somewhere that looks exciting or like jumping on a boat and going here or train or wherever. And I see like, oh, that's how you get those organic travel experiences where you're like, oh yeah, I found this place down the hill that you wouldn't see unless you were looking for it or just happened upon it. And so... I, I see the value in it, but I tend to, I do tend to be like, oh, these are the 10 greatest things in the spot. I want to go to as many of them as I can. Yeah, I hear that. When uh, Chitlin and I were in Venice, well, a lot of the stuff we did was just kind of walking around and we did exactly that. We just walk around a corner like, let's hop in here. Like one of the best meals we've ever had. Just a little spot that wasn't in any of the books, just chilling out right. a corner in Venice. We got to like one of the little town squares as we were walking around and there were just, it was a really cool experience. They had, um, the kids must have just graduated from college and they had a whole bunch of, uh, you know, what, early 20s, late teens there. And they were all kind of positioned around this big kind of open square with all restaurants surrounding it. And they had these big poster boards with caricatures of themselves on it and a whole bunch of notes about what they studied in school, what they were interested in, that their friends or classmates put together. And then it's like celebrating them graduating. 
So they were just dancing and singing and drinking and doing weird shit too. Like we, <laughs> they were doing costume changes, outfit changes. We saw one girl that was in, uh, like wrapped in like a saran wrap type thing and was getting like food thrown at her. It was just the weirdest thing. But <laughs> everybody was there just having a great freaking time. Right, right. And it's like I have no idea what this is. But this is freaking awesome. Yeah, and I think some places leave you to that, like Europe. You know what I mean? Like you walking down the streets of Milan or somewhere, you're, you're, every place is looking exciting like a touristy spot if it's new to you. Yeah. Um, you know, but maybe bigger cities here in the U.S., it, it might be like, am I going to hit the Best Buy that's on this corner <laughs> block here? You know what I mean? So I feel like it does depend on where you're going to of where you want to stop or intend to go. So For sure. When do you pack? Weeks before or night before? So I will do probably 90% of my packing um, probably like a week before okay. or like, uh, like four or five days before. And then obviously the, the final stuff I will do the night before and just get that all squared away. The only problem is that sometimes when I do that, I go, oh shit, I forgot what I packed. And then I have to go look back <laughs> through what I packed and repack it, which is not great. What about you? All right, so I have a solution to that, and this is what I do. Now you may think that I would be someone who packs weeks before, but I actually don't. I probably pack maybe a day or two before, and sometimes it's the night before. But what I do do is make a list of everything that I need to pack and I'll do that a week or two before, and I'll just be adding to it. And that way, and I literally like check everything off as I pack them, which oh, okay. I think may help when you're kind of getting to that point where it's like 1 a.m. and I'm leaving at 5 a.m. and you're like, did I pack this thing? Like, I just check things off. And I think that makes me feel okay with the last minute. So, yep, that's that works my out well. We'll have to see if my wife can take that up because her go to is she will stay up all night the night before we travel and start packing at like, you know, three in the morning in the middle of the night. Like, it's ridiculous. She'll start doing laundry to pack like the night before. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, come on. See, I was talking about you. Now, Chit's a whole different ballgame. And then yeah. I'll require her to make a list before doing that. I don't know. But she could try. <laughs> she could definitely try. She can get that, you know, along with the backstory. So I'm into that. <laughs> um, checking luggage or only carry on. It's. I feel like it's different for you. Yeah, I, um, if I'm travel traveling domestically, I definitely try to just have it all carry on because I don't want to deal with the hassle of checking the luggage. If I'm going for a long time international, then I, I can't fit. I pack a ton. I overpack notoriously. It's crazy. I know. Wow. But when I'm traveling internationally, I 100% I need to check a bag. But domestically, nope, carry on. I have yeah. a bag under the seat uh, and then a suitcase in the overhead and we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm notoriously packed pretty light, too. Um, a couple things in a backpack, and I'm good to go. That is a total joke. I I am so so much of an overpacker. I, I probably pack for other people, too. But let me tell you, when someone's like, I need this, I would say 99% of the time I have it. And yep. extras, just in case. So I am that friend. I think you need one of those friends, too, when you travel that has the backup shit. 100%. Um. But yeah, I, I, I generally check. Like when we went to Vegas, I was the only one who checked. I cannot, I could not fathom packing one back in a carry, you know, overhead. It just. I can't. We were only there for a few days. I Kayla. understand that I definitely packed for a month with a couple <laughs> days. So it just, it could not work. The shoes alone. So um, speaking of packing, what are some packing must haves? Well, always have multiple wireless chargers. 
Yes. That's a key 100%. thing because your phone's going to die. You're going to be taking a lot of photos. Multiple wireless chargers on hand with the charging capability. So when you're back at the hotel or whatever, you're charging it. If you're traveling to different countries and stuff, have one of those adaptable chargers that goes into the wall that can it changes yes. based on what country yep. you're in. That's huge. Uh, and then I love having cash on hand, whether it's domestically or internationally, with the currency that's used in that location. Just as a buffer, I have cash. No worries if I have an issue with my card or anything. I completely agree. And I also think you should anticipate packing for unpredictable weather. Yep. I'm not saying heavy. You know, if you're going to winter, don't pack summer. But, I mean, for Vegas, for example, I always pack for, like, all types of weather, but that time I go, listen, it's Vegas, it's July, they have like 90, 100 degree, it's gonna be tanks and shorts all week. And that first night, <laughs> I was shivering. I could have wore pants and a hoodie. I was like, are you kidding me? And all the Uber drivers were like, this is bizarre weather for Vegas in July. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> so I, I would say even if you don't anticipate it raining or it being chilly, plan ahead so you're not kind of walking the streets of Vegas cold. That's fair. I also, uh, one thing that we got in Hawaii was one of those like waterproof clip-on bags that you can put on mm -hmm. your belt or on your backpack or whatever, which is huge if you're going down to a beach or something. You can throw your phone, your wallet, everything right in there. Just clip it right onto your chair. You're good to go. You don't have to worry about it getting wet and ruining or anything. And oh, I, always, too. I always bring a portable speaker too, in case we want to oh. jam out in the hotel, you know? Okay, all right, I'm with that. Um, what are some places you want to travel to eventually? Any on your list? There's just so many. I know. So, uh, name so like many. one or two. Uh, what are well, some places you want to go? <laughs> um, Germany I'd really like to go to. Okay. Uh, Japan and Thailand I think are also Really? Yeah. Wow. I was really, when I was in Hong Kong, a couple of my classmates were like, you know what? While we're here, we're going to hit over to Japan or Thailand or something and make it like a longer trip. I couldn't do that with my vacation time and everything else, unfortunately, but um, I feel like I missed out and I wish I would have been able to check those boxes at that, that time. All right. Okay. Interesting. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought those for you. That's cool. Um, obviously, my number one speaks for itself, England. <laughs> it's going to happen. That's my number one. I mean, might as well hit Scotland, Ireland on the way and Poland's on my list. I've always Poland. wanted to go to Poland. I've always wanted to see Auschwitz. I've always wanted to see kind of the, some of the historical parts of Poland. And I don't know. Otherwise, um, Eastern Europe kind of intimidates me for some reason. Maybe that's a stereotype I'm picking up on. But, I, <laughs> but I'm always like a little nervous for there. But yeah, I think those are the spots that I'm looking at. That's a pretty solid list. I mean, once uh, we're kind of comfortable flying again, we're going to have to do... I know we mentioned it before. We're going to have to do an international bestie trip. Yeah. Like it's going to have to happen. A hundred percent. I think that's true. It's a hundred percent my thing this episode. It I sounds like, like it. it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So um, are there any places you don't want to visit real quick? Any places I just don't want to visit? Yeah. Is there any like, eh, no interest? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think. You want to go everywhere. I want to go a lot of places. Cuba? Maybe, I don't really have an interest yeah, in Cuba. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say a no on Cuba. I'm going to say no on Russia right now, too. Russia? I don't, I'd like to go to Russia at some point. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, you know, a lot of people love Alaska. Yes! To me, it doesn't... I don't see as big of a, an appeal for Alaska. I hear a lot of cruises. Like, a lot of people mm. go to Alaska for cruises. Like, Juneau, like... 
don't, yeah, I don't, <laughs> that's all you got. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. No, that wouldn't be for me. I think the more snowy, wintry places probably wouldn't be my favorite spot. I'm, you know, an indoor cat, if you will. So I don't see that for myself. That's fair. So no, uh, no, um, uh, South, uh, oh man, I just dropped the ball there. Wow, uh, I was going to say North Pole and then I just <laughs> dropped it yeah, and no, said South. Yeah, no, Santa, you can have it. Come my way. You already are in December because I'm not interested in going there. Yeah, 100%. Antarctica. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was going to Antarctica. Antarctica. Okay. There we go. The, the two snowy places we can think of. So, <laughs> all right, listen. We're not the only ones that love travel, okay? There's a gazillion travel TV shows because people don't even care if they're the ones going on it. They actually just want to watch people on vacation. So we're going to talk about a great, uh, rea- I guess I'd say reality vacation travel show. You think I it's mean, great? I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I like the episode I watched. I yeah. we, we each watched, or we watched the same episode. I hadn't watched kind of further in, but I, I liked it because it was quick. Well, we'll go into it. You know what? Let's hold off. Yeah. So <laughs> the show is The World's Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. We specifically watched the episode Bizarre B&Bs, and it's on Netflix. I think it's the first season just came out. Yeah, and one, uh, it's got three kind of hosts on it, and the whole premise is one of them is in charge of showing you a budget-friendly um, rental spot that you can find in a, an exotic location. One of them's kind of a middle of the road spot that you can find. And then one of them's like your luxury spot if you really want to splurge on a vacation. And the guy who does the luxury rentals, I think he was one of the people on that like millionaire. Oh, I would love to butt in here. Go so ahead. I was watching it and I go, this guy looks and sounds so familiar and his accent was so specific i go man he reminds me of louise from million dollar real yep. estate and then i'm i hear someone say his name and i go hold up hold up hold up i look it up because he's notorious on bravo and so i go oh is he on a netflix show and it was him and louise was uh definitely mil- million dollar real estate is half real estate half just fabricated drama that I love to see. Yeah. And Louise was always doing something shady um, that also happened to be in real life. He would get in trouble for doing shady things <laughs> in real estate. So, and people would make fun of him all the time because he was always like, he's very eccentric. He's very like, he was, he was very different from the guys on the show. Um, and so I, w- I loved seeing him on there, I gotta say. Okay. Yeah, I've never watched that other show. I just know that he was yes. on it. Like I may have seen a couple minutes here or there. He is definitely a character, that's for he sure. Is, he is. There's a reason why they picked him probably over the other guys on that show. And I think there's a million different spinoffs on Bravo. So the first spot they did, I'm going to butcher the yep. cities, but you're going to let me do it. I can see your face. Go go ahead, yeah, Kayla. Because I was going to butcher it too, so go ahead. <laughs> Take the dive for this one. Faya, Finland. Uh, it's in Lapland Ski Resort. It's called Lucky Ranch Snow Igloos. So Finland spot. Uh, wintry, and they stayed in igloos, and then kind of the exciting aspect of it was to see the northern lights, which I think is so rad yeah, that's that so I cool. that I I was like, okay, I would be into that. So they give a little facts about the spot. It was like there's a 300 people population. I mean, <laughs> wow, 27 vacation rentals in that area, and the average price is around 117 dollars. Um, it took three flights and a few hours drive. I did notate that because even though the Spot is cheap because I mean you're in a man-made igloo. It probably 
the bulk of the money is getting there, I think. And it takes like a full day. Like it's just too much to get there. Yeah, like, but I mean, the Northern Lights are really something spectacular. And I liked that it was, um, you're with the locals because it wasn't like a huge spa. There was only like a few, there wasn't like a ton of igloos there. So not a lot of people can stay. Yeah, and I think what they said on the episode is uh, during, like, the spring and summer season, right, it's, like, kind of like a lake spa, and they have all Mm -hmm. these different lake activities, but during the winter, the guy, every single year, goes in and builds these igloos with the snow, the ice that from the winter, so it's not like he just reuses them, it's every single year he redoes this, and then kind of rents out however many he makes that season. Yeah. I Weird. I mean listen you gotta make gotta make money in the off season too so I mean what'd you think about it I was impressed at the simpleness of the igloo like I feel like I've been reading a lot of things about these luxury ice hotels that I'm sure are thousands of dollars to stay there oh, yeah. this was like a bed a table like that's it. it there wasn't really a lot within the igloo I would say yeah you had to go inside if for like a kitchen and a bathroom and everything. So it's definitely not a place that I would stay. I mean, if you really need to see the Northern Lights, I mean, it was a gorgeous view that they ended up getting. Um, so it's kind of outside of my comfort zone. I prefer not to sleep in uh, 20 degree weather. Uh, that's just me though. Yeah, when they went to sleep the first night, they all had to sleep in the same bed for warmth. And then they all like zippered their sleeping bags together because it was like freezing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the winter aspect of it doesn't draw me, but I feel like for a weekend, like I want to see the Northern Lights this weekend, I could, I think I could last a weekend in the igloo, I got to say. You think? Uh, what do you think about, at one point they uh, they showed Luis, one of the hosts, he went into a sauna and their whole thing is, okay, you go in the sauna, you walk outside and you basically jump into this hole of ice and you stay there for as long as you can, then you get out. I would have done it. I would have done it. Me too. I I thought Megan and Joe should have jumped in too. Like, and Louise had the perfect strategy. You have to just jump in. There is if you like tiptoe, there's no way you're getting in there. He just went full into the water and stayed there, like doing this like praying thing. I mean, that's Louise's whole thing. He's so he's very eccentric. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd hundred percent do that too. That that looked like a lot of fun and just. If you're out there, how are you not going to just jump through a hole in the ice? Yeah, like, it's like on. a, come on, like, and what a cool thing. I mean, the ice baths, all of that, it, it does have all these health benefits to you. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of, like, create your own sauna where you're going to, like, put his own steam in. Hello, that's so cool. I feel like that's one of the few things you could kind of do at that location. So why not? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, but I'm not going to be booking that that place anytime <laughs> soon but i'll keep it in mind if i'm ever in the <laughs> yeah. over in finland maybe we can build our own igloos one winter and we'll just camp out one night and see how it goes sounds good all right so you want to do our next spot on yeah. this episode yeah sure the next spot they went to was mexico city mexico i can pronounce that woo, woo. yeah what specific area was it can um, you say that one <laughs> Well, the, the name of the place was Quetzal. I can't say it. <laughs> Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl's yep. Nest. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it. Um, it was a snake-themed resort. Yes. So what that means is they had a whole bunch of acre acreage of land, but they had basically a hotel building that was in the shape of a snake and the snake head, and they used all the curves um, that are you see in nature and snake heads all over the entire property. So everywhere you'd be walking, it's like, oh, okay, there's a random massive snake head in front of me. You walk through it, you go into some random tunnel that goes 
down to another yes. uh, part of the lawn or you go into the house through this way. It was really cool. Like yes. nothing I've ever heard of or seen of before. But um, once they started kind of getting into it, it seemed super neat to me. Um, they even interviewed the architect on there who was very much, he nothing in nature is kind of symmetrical in a straight line, right? So mm-hmm. he tried to make the whole resort or, you know, um, property have different curve elements. So nothing was straight. Like all the... The tables had a curve to them. The windows looked like kind of, uh, there were circular windows with depth to them that looked out into the gorgeous like forested area. Um, the actual building had 2,200 square foot, five bedrooms and four baths. Was that just one one rental property I though, right? I think that was one, yeah. Because the majority of it is actually people that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then only two of spots were for vacation rentals so people actually live there like in their day-to-day in a snake that's so cool cool. and i liked that it was i mean it's essentially like a huge art garden hotel um it kind of reminded me of this art garden i went to in philadelphia um where everywhere you were walking was like art i mean it almost felt like i shouldn't touch walls or step because it's like beautifully crafted uh glass and metals and textures and stuff and I think going to a place, you know, so often the place you're staying is almost like that's where I'm sleeping and that's it. Yeah. I love the idea of picking a place where, no, I'm actually going to spend the weekend just at the place I'm staying at because it's such a cool place to kind of explore for like a weekend or something. Like, you don't, I don't feel like we ever do that. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And I think one of the hosts kind of nailed it when she was describing the area. It's very Dr. Seussian. Yes. Right? You kind of get that feel. Like, it's very quirky and fun and vibrant. And they had this, I think it was the greenhouse, where they had this big, beautiful, domed, stained glass room that they were just kind of in awe of when they walked in. Yes. And I like that they gave each other space to, like, if someone was moved by a particular area or wanted to spend some time just, like, kind of admiring it, they kind of let each other do that. And I I did like their dynamic, like in the show. And while they each had their own like thing, like Louise is obviously real estate. Um, I think Joe was like travel and Megan is design, but they didn't like go through this long overhaul of like all the design work. I honestly thought like it was just basic things and they would just appreciate the space. They didn't go in the technical side of things. Yeah, and that's, it's a 30 minute show pretty much, right? So it's nice that it's a quick hitter and they could have maybe not ruined the show, but it could have made it a lot tougher to watch if they made this an hour-long show and they got into all those details. It's like, hey, we want to enjoy it. We want to see, kind of get the feel, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a really good spot. It made me think about what are some, maybe Mexico City is a bit of a way, but I wonder what places you could go to just for a little bit that you can stay on location that isn't a resort but actually like the place is the thing you're visiting not just the surrounding area yeah some place like in the u.s you mean yes yeah well i think our next spot may be one of those oh yeah just might uh just have to rob a bank real quick before (laughs) we go there so our third spot is in jasper arkansas in the ozark mountains um specifically it was at the beckham creek cave lodge um it was a 6,000 square foot rental in a cave. Yeah. It was basically like a cave. That you like was built into a hillside. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it was 
uh, all natural elements like the walls, the ceilings, and a lot of it they kept true to the cave. I mean, it was it was remarkable to watch. It was huge. This was the luxury one. Mm-hmm. I know luxury cave sounds crazy, and they do comment on that <laughs> in the show, but it really was a luxury cave. Like it was beautiful. It had four beds, four baths, fit twelve guests. Also included 256 acres with its own helipad. Yeah, people with helicopters are definitely staying at this place. And it was 1500 a night. But if you have 12 guests, that's not too true, bad. True, true. However, there were only four bedrooms. So I think 12 <laughs> guests might have been pushing it a little bit. Yeah, you know, two's a party, three's a crowd. So uh, you'd, you'd have to, some people are on the floor. Again, luxury, but still, yeah, you'd have to. And that place they had, it also had 250 plus acreage of real estate, right? Where they were going ATVing, checking out other caves nearby. Like it wasn't just the quote unquote hotel inside the cave, you know? It had a whole bunch more to go with it if you want to do some outdoorsy activities on the same property. And you know, you and I, you and I have been through a cave or two. Uh, oh. In our day. <laughs> and uh, while it doesn't always appreciate the taller people, uh, such as yourself, I thought it was so cool, especially, you know what, though, on the show, you know, there's three of them. I presume they don't all stay in the same room. I always wonder who gets, like, the nicest room. Like, do the is it the person who picked the place? Because they had one room in that cave mm-hmm. that was, like, the seal. All of it was, like, you were essentially in a cave. It looked amazing. I go, who gets that bedroom? I want to see. Typically, from what I've seen, I've only seen, like, another episode and a half of it. Whoever picks the rental gets their choice of room. But then Luis lucks out because he always does the luxury rentals. <laughs> yeah, So he yes. always gets the most, like, over-the-top room. <laughs> I mean, wise choice, yeah. Because I thought, I mean, and they all had levels of, like, maybe I want a more modern room. Or, no, I actually just want it all cave. Yeah. And this, like, great bed in the middle of it. I thought it was so cool. And the showers looked great. I love an amazing shower. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I'm saying for sure as much as you're saying 100% today. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing I didn't think of until they mentioned it on the show was when the current owner of that spent a million dollars to renovate, I was like, that seems a little low. And I didn't even consider, because I'm an idiot apparently, that you, you're not building roofing for most things you're not building walls because the the hillside the mountain the cave is covering all of that and you don't have really heating and cooling cost heating and cooling costs associated with it because it's kind of like a natural temperature that just maintains in there which is kind of an interesting way to kind of run a business so i wonder if it'll actually stay up for for uh, the long term, because it sounds like it was kind of, uh, it's been bought and changed into different things like right. a nightclub and stuff over the last few years a lot. Yeah, one thing I was interested in is who purchased it and kind of what responsibilities do you have as far as maintaining the quality of the cave and not kind of messing with the natural elements? Like, is there only so far you can build into it? And then two, I was like, you kind of also have to follow the natural kind of elements within the cave. So in one area, they had a center spot where just the naturally the cave is having water and it actually goes out, I think they said, into the water, the lake, Yeah, there's like a pond out front, yeah. So, I mean, if that were to grow, which it does, right, it's just constantly growing in the cave, you kind of have to adapt to that. So I feel like long-lasting-wise, I had some questions, you know, on a deeper than the 30 minutes could allow, (laughs) but it was an interesting concept, I guess. 
Yeah, it seems like there is a shelf life, right? You can't have that going for like uh, 50 years having that same hotel without making massive changes to it every few years to accommodate the cave. Right, before like cave water drips on your face in the middle of the night. So yeah, I'd have some questions on that. Um, So that's it for the show. I mean, I recommend each episode was a different style. They had one that was like private islands. And like I said, it's very short episode and it did give me some ideas for maybe not going to those specific spots for like wow why, why didn't I think about going to a spot like that mm-hmm. like I said so I thought it was a good show and it's trending so people must like it yeah I watched the first episode and I thought they were all going to be like the first episode where they go to one location and they give you a budget a middle of the road and a luxury spot mm-hmm. in that location and I thought that was cool because then I'm like all right if I go a place I can kind of look for these types of things but every other episode looks like they just kind of go all over the globe and find these different locations that fit whatever theme they're doing that week. So Yes. And I, I would like to see like a budget conscious show where they talk about it more because I think a lot of people, even myself included, goes, well, I can't afford to travel. And I think there's other ways to kind of make a travel budget work for you. And so I like hearing about how people made it cost effective or were able to travel to these amazing spots uh, without spending like you know half their salary on it, and so I think, but someone has to tell you, right? Because when you're looking at places, you're like, I just can't afford to go there. So I I like that aspect of it. And I'd like to see more shows talk about that. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's kind of that paradox, right? You you want to look for places to go, but the places you find are the places that most people go, which means it's the most expensive because you can't find the stuff that people don't go to, which is going to be the cheaper stuff because there's no information on it. It's just like all right, I got to figure it out myself or you need somebody to kind of give you a helpful hint. Right, exactly. Like someone has to do it before you. Of those three locations, which was your favorite? Uh, Probably Mexico City. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Because I think for being there for that time, there was a lot to do in the area and I thought it was so cool. Whereas the igloo, I mean, I'm going to freeze to death if I stay inside or outside. Um, And then the Jasper, I mean... The acres, you can kind of drive around there, but there wasn't much in the area, I felt. Yeah. If you were staying at the location. So, Justin, what's our next travel spot? Where are we going next? You tell me, Kayla. You want to go international? What do you want to do here? Yeah, well, we actually got a little weekend adventure coming up at the end of the month. So, we're traveling a little bit. We're going to Delaware. Celebrate uh, good old Swarley's bachelor party oh i'm sure we'll have some really good swarlies of the weeks after i'm that. sure i mean endless endless so excited for that get us uh out of the city so i'm appreciative of that we do need to plan our next travel location we do enough. i think we should start uh getting it together okay start planning and i'll give you the yes or the no all right okay thanks. sounds good yeah just a thumbs up or a thumbs down <laughs> let's uh let's end some with some advice for our listeners uh what do you have to share? What can we, you tell? We've already given them so much Give them advice. something else. Come on. Something else. I mean, the partner you're going with is critical. Um, making sure you have cash on you, critical. Um, I would say one thing that I love to do is not to have just such a tight itinerary that it gives you no room to explore. That's yes. like the number one thing for me is have a couple things planned. But give yourself the option where you're not going to be stressed to make it to the next thing. You can just enjoy, relax, explore, walk around. It doesn't matter if you're not going anywhere. Just you're in a new place. You're exploring new options. 
that would be my biggest piece of advice. I think that's the way to go, and I think you appreciate that more at the mm-hmm. more you travel. Because when you're going for the first time, you're going, I want to go to these 10 spots I read about. Yeah. But you're right. I think there's a value in freeing up your time to relax and also just see other exciting things that maybe don't pop up on Wikipedia when you look up a spot. So, Speaking of swirlies, as we did, <laughs> are you ready for Swirly of the Week? Yes, I am. Uh I may or may not have dropped the ball this week. I uh, I forgot my Swarley of the Week until right what before What a we... Swarley. <laughs> That's a Swarley of the Week. No, <laughs> no I wouldn't use that as a cop-out until right before we started recording. But my Swarley of the Week is going to be the goalie for Denmark. So Denmark was playing England in the um, uh, the Euro, Euro semifinals, yep. right? Um, and they were in OT with a penalty kick from Harry Kane. He guessed right, he stopped it, toughest thing to do, but he couldn't hold on. The ball bounced off of his, you know, basically his stomach and his arms, back to Harry Kane, he got the rebound, buried it in the back of the net, England wins. Swarly moment of the week is the Denmark goalie for me. Oh yeah, listen. It's coming home, all right? England is coming home. It was beautiful to see. <laughs> I don't like it when it's 1-1, so I appreciated it. And you know what? His failing, his swarlydom was to my advantage, so I appreciated that. Thank <laughs> you for swirling it up, uh, Denmark. All right, so my swirly week is going to go to my kickboxing gym. Yeah. So I pay every month (laughs) for an online kickboxing. That sounds crazy. But they do their own videos, like classes. They record live classes. You can do it at home. Perfect. Don't have to leave my house. Well, I got a notice, like a text alert, that they were doing all these amazing updates to the at-home software and all this stuff. So I go, okay, this has to include a pay, you know, a pay increase. I'm thinking $10, $20, right? I currently pay like $47 a month. So I'm like, okay, that sounds reasonable. Um, So they did this promotional video where they showed like all these new changes, modules, and you have to pass them to go to the next step and uh, all these cool things. I go, awesome. I go, where's the price? And I keep watching this video and I get to the end and it goes, okay, so instead of $47 a month, it's $2,500 for the year. And you have to pay that upfront, like commit to twelve months, twenty five hundred. I was like, two hundred plus a month. I was like, hold on, did did I hear that wrong? So I, I reround the video because I, I must have heard something wrong there. And I go, twenty five hundred. I was agog. I was horrified. So I go, no, 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 no. So I get a text saying, hey, so you're gonna sign up? Like here's our info. And I go, no, thank you. This is, I, you know, I didn't even get into anger. I just said, no, thank you. Because it was so ridiculous of a price hike, like four times the annual price, yeah. that I was like, see ya, no thanks. Clearly, I was not the only one, because not even a week later, it was this like, we need to do right by our past members, and they dropped it down to eleven ninety nine. That's still S- double. Still double. So yeah. at that point, they tried to reach out again and say that was fair. So I wrote this text, and I go... This is the first time you're doing this like kind of at-home program. I would expect you to make improvements and not upcharge for these improvements you made to this first version of this. Yeah. I went to this whole thing. You know what it is now? It's 67 and you can do it month to month. Yeah, there you go. 
But that I seems mean, more fair. <laughs> the, just the knowledge that they were willing to just skyrocket the price initially just totally soured me to this place. And it's a local place with like two local spots. So it's like, it's not, come on now. And then I, I, even did one better. I sent a comparable fight camp website where I can pay $400 and still pay month less. Like, you're not the only one that does this. It was just swarly. And I know they lost a ton of people from how far they went from 2500 to 67 a month. So... Yeah, so did they... Were they just like, we want to make this much, let's charge this much. We just assume we'll keep everybody and then not take into account, hey, if you jack up the price by 4X, <laughs> guess what? You're going to lose 75% of your business. Oh, yeah, that's all... And I knew that was going to happen because I, they started doing the kind of website at home version with everything that happened last year and then they kept it going and I go, this is great because it was so hard to get to the classes yeah. after work or before... And so I just thought it was kind of a slap in the face. I felt to someone that was paying to be like, now we're going to charge you $2,500. You have to commit to a year. I was like, see ya. So you know what? I won't name the business, but you're a swarly. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> All right. You ready for a question of the week? It's getting to be that time. Uh, yeah. Let's do it up, Kayla. What do you got for us this week? All right. So I homebrewed this one a bit. I'm going to guess, and you do the same, what superhero, specifically Marvel Avengers, I think you would want to be the most. So. Oh, it's who I'd want to be the most? Yes. I thought it, it was who, no, I'm not who go- you are the most. No, no. I want to be like who you... It could be... Because I, I think you would be this person, and I think I'm picking the person for you. So. Okay. I would think you'd want to be, though. That's how I interpret it. All but right. you could do it a little different. Well, kick us off then, Kayla. All right. So I really have to think, you know, all the superheroes have great things and bad things about them. You know, the Hulk, so smart, but, you know, he turns into a big green guy. Not great. <laughs> um, so if I had to pick someone that you'd want to be, I'm going to go Captain America. Really? And huh. here's why. I'm just going to say why. I think it's because... First of all, he's awesome in the movies. But secondly, he's from a different time, right? The old school. And, like, he brings that to... And and you kind of have that vibe sometimes with your interests. Um, You definitely date yourself going back pre-birth to your (laughs) interests. So I feel like I could see you as a Captain America type. I will take that with a compliment. And I would just say this for fun. The secondary would have had to been Iron Man because of his personality. I feel fits a bit more with you but who you'd want to be i don't know that you want to be iron man with a thing in his chest you know yeah but you are kind of a you don't think dick like him me, sometimes huh? you don't think thor you know that didn't cross my mind at all okay good talk. <laughs> <laughs> so i was gonna try to be cheeky and uh uh give you uh maria hill aka kobe smolders okay um, all right. but, <laughs> but, but i'm just kidding um I was like frantically looking through a list of the uh, Avengers characters here, and I went a little off the beaten path. Okay, all right. Um, but Okoye oh, uh, from okay, Black okay. Panther, yes. she's a fierce warrior. She's a badass. Yep. But she's also witty and really freaking smart at it. You know? Like, yes. She's got her role, but she's like, I can handle so much more than this. I'm content doing this. 
but you better watch out. I love a queen. I have her Funko in my office. Oh, really? She cracks me up. Yeah, I love her. All right. So would you have changed? Is there someone else you envisioned for yourself if you had to wake up tomorrow as a Marvel superhero? I mean, Captain America is a great one. He also doesn't age, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, nothing else really jumped in my mind. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Captain America. What about you? You know, I would have said Okoye at first, but now that's all I'm thinking of. But probably a secondary would be a Captain Marvel, but that may be just because I love Brie Larson. I knew you were going to want to be <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that finishes it out. So listen, travel needs, you know who to call. It's wrong opinions only. And, you know, are, again, wrong opinions right sometimes. And with that, I'll say see you next week. Well, that's it this week for Wrong Opinions Only. Follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints towards next week's episode. Until then, JK out.